For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Eagle fans. Appreciate you streaming in here bright and early with us on Birds 365. You've got Mac and Mac. John McMullen and Jody McDonald here for the next two hours to give you insight, opinion, and maybe a yuck or two over uh, the next 119 minutes. Uh, John McMullen, yesterday, Nick Sirianni got a chance to sit down and talk to you guys, the uh, beat crew that covers them on a day-in, day-out basis. Good to know that he's an equal opportunity chain pizza eater and that Uh, Louis Caesars uh, was the uh, pizza uh, of choice this week. Uh, Gotta go local, Jody. I'm upset at Nick Sirianni. You gotta go local. uh, One of the better lines I heard on WIP yesterday, I was driving around in the afternoon, uh, shaming him as an Italian that... How can a, a true Italian go with chain pizza oh, when there are so many nice, yeah. great local restaurants? That's what we wanted to get into. Heritage shaming for the head coach of the Eagles on a week of the championship game. You um, know, for all the pandering he does for these people, you think they give him a pass occasionally. But unless you win, uh, no passes. No. no passes given. Unless you're directly pandering to that individual, yeah, you're putting yourself out there for potential criticism, which is, uh, it's so ludicrous, it's funny. Um, The coach did kind of open the door for Avante Maddox. We're hoping we can get him. We hope we can get him up to speed. Um, Off what you have or haven't been able to see in practice or whatever, it seems like a pretty good long shot to me still. And I have been woefully wrong about Avante uh, from the time he got hurt. Uh, the fact they didn't put him on IR, I thought, all right, well, he's going to be back. 
maybe I needed to factor more in that he had been in IR on IR previously. So if they did it again, it wasn't going to be a four week. It was going to be an end of season injury. So they're just crossing their fingers and hoping. Uh, I thought that last week was a possibility. Didn't happen. Uh, this week's still a possibility, but I think it's uh, optimistic at this time. Super Bowl, did they hold out on Avante Maddox, not shut him down for the year, solely on the possibility that they made the Super Bowl? Um, well, solely on the possibility he'd be back. You weren't wrong at, at that point. And if you do put him on IR again, he's shut down completely. So you want to have that uh, the, that versatility, so to speak. And remember, I mean, game day rosters are, are, are 46. So you, you, you got to sit down people anyway. Uh, so, you know, there's no real harm in, in, in keeping him, keeping him on the roster. And if there's any chance that he's going to be back for any potential game and yeah, I mean, Thursday's the big day this week. Um, that'll be the big practice day. Uh, they'll have a Wednesday walkthrough and if he's back on the field, um, that's a good sign that they're trying to get him ready for this particular game. I think he's very important for this game for the reasons I stated yesterday. This team works the middle of the field. This team's very good working the middle of the field, and they break a lot of tackles, and they get a, a lot of yards after catch. So the more people you can have, uh, Avante and, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson specifically, um, you know, those are playmakers. So to have them – against the 49ers uh, playmakers would be a, a big boost to this defense. Um, and, and and there's a chance. I mean, guys fight through things this time of year that they maybe would not fight through earlier in the season. So, you know, San Francisco, you know, Christian McCaffrey's dealing with a calf injury. Well, Kyle Shanahan already said he's playing. Um you know, guys are playing this time of year if they can get out there. So Thursday is the big day with Avante Maddox. Do the Eagles, and this is a, a difficult question to ask, but I'll ask it of you anyway. Let's say he's not 100%. They can tell he's not 100%. That he's not full of uh, Avante Maddox. Deactivate him anyway for depth purposes, to use him part-time, to have him be a quote-unquote substitute, or does Avante Maddox need to be a Avante Maddox to be up on game day? Well, I don't think he has to be a hundred percent from a medical standpoint. There's so many guys are banged up here that, that this time of year that aren't even on the injury report. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how the NFL is. Um, uh, uh, so it's, it, it, from a medical standpoint, it's more of can you hurt yourself more? Are you putting yourself at, at, at more risk uh, if you go out there? The answer to that is no, and it's just a pain tolerance issue like Jalen Hurts, like Lane Johnson. That's Those are pain tolerance issues. Um, you know, they're going to be cleared if they want to go. There's a lot of things that go into it. They have to want to fight through it. The team has to be comfortable with it. Um and, 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 you know, at the end of the day, uh, like I said, a lot of NFL players play injured. Uh, not, not, you know, there's a difference as the old cliche around the league. Are you hurt or are you injured? You know, if you're injured, you're out. If you're hurt, you're out there in the NFC championship game. 
in in this particular case, you know, Vontae's been out uh, for a, for a while. That factors in as well because you have conditioning issues. Is he ready to play from that standpoint? Whole bunch of things come into it, but this time of year, it's all hands on deck. It's all hands on deck, and the Eagles have done a nice job sort of navigating without him um, both times, um, but they've had some ups and downs. They're clearly not the same team uh, when he's out there. They did a nice job, you know, maneuvering and and, and putting C.J. Gardner-Johnson in that sort of hybrid role, so he's playing both safety and nickel corner depending on what they need. Well, you know, it, at, at some point, the best 11 on the field, as well as Reed Blankenship has played, you'd rather have Avante Maddox on the field. I agree. And your point about CJ playing a combination role, it just goes to add to the importance of CJ Johnson. What a, what an acquisition that was by Howie Roseman. Yeah, people are stealing this car. You see that? Unbelievable. Not 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 what you want to see the week of the championship game when you're staying home for the game. You you work all those weeks to get that home field advantage for the biggest game of the year in your conference. And they go steal one of their star players' cars before the uh, I'm 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 guessing the individual who robbed the car didn't know it was uh Chauncey Gardner Johnson. No. Well he shouldn't steal it anyway, but uh yeah. Um uh, you know, hopefully uh some people give you some you know what on the back end of that for stealing CJ's car. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, if someone in the crew is a diehard Eagle fan, there yeah. might be heck to pay. All right. Um the other thing that was of interest to me, and and Sirianni was just his usual self. He didn't give you all hell of a lot, but he uh, at least does it with a smile on his face. Um, <laughs> he was asked about AJ Brown and the shots that the television crew got of AJ, a little disconsolate on the sidelines. Didn't get a ton of balls going his way, as Sirianni correctly pointed out. Uh, we ran the ball as much as we did. Guess what? Uh, we didn't throw it as Goddard as much as we could have. We didn't throw to uh, Devontae as much as we could have. We we were so effective running the ball, just cut down on the number of passes that we threw, which was dead on accurate. Um, but uh, AJ didn't look all that happy on the sidelines. Uh, the coach said he was having a physical issue. Um, and that, yeah, that's just the way the game plan went, but he has no issue, no problems whatsoever. Um, of course, he's going to say that this week. Is there an issue there, or is it just, as soon as the game's over, I'm a little disappointed you didn't get the ball enough. That's all that matters. Let's move on to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Didn't know it at the time, but you know it now. Um, there's not a problem there with A.J. Brown, is there? No, I think what you just said there at the end is more of the – sort of take I would have on it. Um, you, you know, saw him in the locker room. He was fine. He was happy. He was celebrating with everybody. Um, so it wasn't a situation where he was, you know, woe was me. I didn't get the football. And this has happened throughout the season. Started week one in Detroit. Remember we talked about if Devontae Smith didn't catch a pass in, in Detroit. Oh, how are they going to get the, you know, and he ends up setting a, a, a franchise record uh, for receptions by receiver. Um, this is an offense where, you know, it's going to be different people each week. And that was a running game, 268. Now, if if you run it and, and you run it and you run it and you're not having success, <laughs> well, maybe there's an issue then. 
and maybe some of the receivers get upset and say, what the heck are we doing here? But they ran for 268. They won 38 to 7. It's kind of hard to complain when that happens. And if you do complain, you look like a you-know-what. Um, but, you know, AJ's like every star receiver. He wants the football. And that's pretty much what Nick said. Of course he wants the football. Everybody wants the football. And especially when it's a postseason game because there's more eyes on you. And But this was, this was a game, and I give the Eagles coaching staff credit. I give Shane Steichen credit all the time. Look, he came into this game pretty pretty evident, and I'll get to talk to Shane today. But I'm, I know what he's going to say. I mean, Zach Pascal was out there. Jack Stoll was out there. He saw something in this Giants defense, probably those linebackers to be obvious. But even up front, he saw something that said, we, we can run the football down this team's throat. And they did. So it's hard to complain. Agreed. And, oh, by the way, uh, just in case AJ's listening this morning, I'm going to take the under 262 running against this 49er defense this week. Uh, if, if Shane Steichen sees that again, he will be shocked. I will be shocked. This is a different defense you're facing than the giant defense last week. Oh, I think you're going to need to throw the ball a little bit more, which means your number's going to get called, AJ, which means get ready to make some big plays because – uh, the Eagles will not run the ball the same way they did against the Giants against the 49. I know I'm going way out on a limb here predicting uh, the Eagles under not 262 under yards rushing against, against the best defense in the NFC. I'm taking a a wild hot take stance here, but yeah, I'd okay. like I'd like that prop bet if you can get it. I'd go under 268. You go under well. 262. Yeah, you yeah. and I could 268. Both make it. 268. 268. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll set the number 262. 262. So All right. At least have to Give think about it. How does like minus 2,000 sound? That's uh, would would be the uh, number. You'd have to put up uh, 200 to make 10. Would be my guess uh, on that uh, coming up this weekend. All right, uh, coming up with us in, in just a couple minutes is one of our faves. Uh, Marcus Hayes has been covering the Eagles for a long time, been covering the entire sports landscape here in Philadelphia for years, does it for the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer, the old ink-stained wretch himself uh, from the Yankee and uh, WIP. Marcus Hayes is going to be our first guest up here on Championship Week Tuesday on Birds 365.
My name is uh, Fran Soleno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. There we are. You got we're the Mega Mac guy. We're having music issues today. I'm used to the music, Jody. No, I, missing the music, and uh, we need to be able to punch up Marcus. Hey, where's Marcus? He was sitting Marcus there a second took a, ago. Took a, took a lot. He's coming back. Did, he'll did, be, did he'll he be get a, a delivery second. from uh, Amazon? I maybe. Think was over maybe the, the Amazon guy. We'll see in a second. Here we are. There Marcus. he is. Amazon package, Marcus? Uh, no, I've got a... Uh, <laughs> I've got a... Uh, a ten-year-old who's going to school. There we go. Yeah, that's even, little that's even bigger. There. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you get him or her out the door. All right, Marcus. Here's what I'm going to start with you: a fill-in-the-blank question on a list of many impressive things that the Eagles did against the Giants on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. The most impressive thing, in your opinion, was what? Well, it's not going to be. I think the sort of answer that you want, but it's the sort of answer, it's the answer that matters most this week is they came out healthy. Jalen Hurts didn't re-injure his shoulder and Lane Johnson was able to get through with that adductor, that torn adductor muscle for at least one more week. Um, Without them, they don't have a shot against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, But with them, even at 80%, they should win the game, I think relatively comfortably. I mean, I think one of the, one of the least appreciated aspects of the <laughs> of the 2022 season 
is that a guy who was the MVP favorite when he got hurt is back. I mean, it's just uh, – uh, in talking to the Eagles in the locker room after the game, they were aghast and offended that people didn't appreciate more how much Jalen Hurts means to this team. So the biggest thing, the, the, the best thing that happened to them besides winning the game was they emerged healthy. The Probably the second most important thing, the thing I was second most impressed with is the continued ability of Hassan Reddick to just go, go, go. I mean, he's in the prime of his career. He's never going to be better. He's never going to be stronger. He's never going to be faster. He's never going to be more knowledgeable. And the clinic he put on getting double teamed at, what is he, uh, John, what, 250, 245, yeah, something like that? Yeah, yeah. That it was, was one just... of my concerns, and that has not, uh, that he was undersized, and he has just blown that up. I mean, and he, he has was... played so well. He was drinking pickle juice after the game. It was 38 degrees at kickoff. You usually drink pickle juice after yeah. games when it's 88 degrees at kickoff. He yeah. was just spent. So he was super impressive again. He's he, And somehow he's getting better. Usually high motor defensive end slash linebackers are gassed at this time of year. He's getting better and he's getting stronger. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, Marcus, because uh, uh, Hassan is very open with us in the locker room typically. And, the week leading up to the Giants game, he wasn't around much. And I, I, I finally caught up to him and I said, yeah, hey, something going on. <laughs> yeah. You, you haven't talked this week. And he was like, just trying to get my body right. I, this, this is a opportunity of a lifetime. So he realizes what you just said. And he's so focused on being ready for these games because he knows, yeah, you may never be back in this particular position and he's got a chance to finish it off and, and finish a great season with a Super Bowl. So that the very astute observation with Hassan Reddick. I agree with you with the health aspect as well. Giants weren't ready for that spot. Eagles were going to win that game. You know, I didn't know it would be that dominant, but they were going to win that football game. To come out healthy or at least as healthy as possible, that was the biggest standpoint. Now we're talking about this is a really good team coming in here. This is a really good football team. They haven't lost in three months. But I got to ask you, the, 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 the big elephant in the room, how much do you believe in Brock Purdy? How much can oh, you believe in Brock Purdy in this spot? Not at all. This is, this is a Kyle Shanahan creation. You know, Brock Purdy's what Jalen Hurts and Donovan McNabb understood very early in their careers when they weren't very good quarterbacks is my job is to not lose the game. My job is to give the rest of these better players a chance to win the game. And that's what Brock Purdy's doing. And he's doing it to the best of his ability, but there were balls that should have been intercepted. Again. I mean, yeah. and it, it, two and weeks in say, a row. Yeah. Well, yeah. six weeks, seven weeks in a row. I mean, he's yeah. not a very uh, powerful or, uh, accurate passer, and he shouldn't be because he hasn't played very much NFL football. But, you know, he's not the second coming. He's not that impressive. The most impressive aspect of his game right now is understanding what not to do. And, uh, you know, we, you can debate this, and I don't know granularly 
all 32 coordinators, but what Kyle Shanahan does for Brock does has done for the 49ers and it does for Brock Purdy really over, uh, I, I guess it uh, underlines how good he's made Jimmy Garoppolo look all these years. Well, let me, let me say that follow up with that Marcus, because I agree with you. I think Kyle Shanahan, if he's not the best schemer, if he's not the best play caller in this league, he's probably second to Andy Reid. He's right in that category. And he elevates quarterbacks. But Jimmy Garoppolo has never played this well. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, has won games. The 49ers have gotten to a Super Bowl. They got to the championship game again with him. If Chukwaski Targ, our old friend, intercepts the football, they might have been back again. But he never put up these numbers that Brock Purdy is putting up. So there is a little bit of a difference. Is it just, you're right. I mean, I see those throws too. And I say, well, this, this could have been picked. This could have been picked. Is it just the stars aligning? No, it's uh, Jimmy Garoppolo never played with Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the X factor. That 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 deal is going to go down. And if they go to the Super Bowl and win it, that's going to be one of the greatest, best deals in the history of the NFL. Getting Christian McCaffrey from for the Panthers before the trade deadline, probably for too many assets. But they're undefeated since Christian McCaffrey. Jimmy Garoppolo looked just like Brock Purdy, if not better, before he got hurt after Christian McCaffrey landed there. So, I mean, when you have what it reminds me of is the greatest show on turf minus Isaac Bruce and Orlando Pace. You've got a relatively unknown mediocre quarterback with Marshall Falk on his hip. And I will argue until the cows come home, there there has never been a a running back like Marshall Falk because Marshall Falk stayed relatively healthy, but he was the first running back who wasn't like a power runner that every team made sure they knew where he was on every play because, you know, and Barry Sanders didn't, wasn't asked to do the things that Marshall Falk did. Marshall Falk was arguably their best receiver and their best running back. And for about a two year period, he might've been the league's best receiver and running back at the same time. So McCaffrey's the closest we've gotten to Marshall Falk since Marshall Falk. And the, the best player on all those great Rams teams was Marshall Falk, the best player in the San Francisco 49ers who has two spectacular linebackers, a Bosa, you know, <laughs> and George Kittle is yeah. Christian McCaffrey because he's healthy. Well, and thank you for doing that because I tried to draw some comparisons between Brock Purdy and Kurt Warner. Uh, and oh, yeah. they're, they're there to be made. And we know how Kurt Warner's first year as a starter ended that would not be good for the Eagles. Um, and you mentioned the the dropped interceptions this weekend against Dallas. You mean like the dropped interceptions the Eagles had against Davis Webb in week 18? The dropped interceptions against uh, I'm well, not the giant game, the final the... giant game. How many how many interceptions did the Eagles defense drop week 18 against the Giants which they needed to win to slam the door on the number 1 seat? Uh, a few, I guess. I, I don't understand what the correlation is. The correlation is that, yes, the Cowboys dropped a couple interceptions this week against Brock Purdy. The Eagles dropped a couple of interceptions. So if Purdy throws those same passes this week, are we sure the Eagles going to turn them into inter- interceptions? Yes, they're better. They're better than the, the Giants. Yeah. Then what happened? So- what- 
well, well that, that, that the Giants put an interceptions an interception, right? Yeah. Well, just because you drop an interception in one game doesn't mean you know. C.J. Gardner Johnson has been a heck of a playmaker. If he gets his hands on the football, he's probably going to pull it in. Not always. Uh, James Bradbury as well has been a heck of a playmaker. Uh, so your contention is that the Eagles quarterbacks and defensive backs have bad hands? Well, they dropped. I, I can't. I'll let Jody answer that. How, well, no, I'll ask John. How many interceptions did they They dropped three that? interceptions against okay. Davis Webb. They had a chance. See, my, my thing is, Marcus, I don't think that Week 18 game was close, and I think a lot of people looked at the final box score. They were up 19-0 in that game, and they dropped three interceptions and that they typically would get. Well, T.J. Edwards dropped one. You can't count on him as a linebacker pulling one in. But the other two are plays they typically make. I don't know how that correlates to this game, Jody, though, with – you know, I mean, if, if Brock Purdy gives them a chance to turn the football over, they have to turn it over. I mean, you got to make the plays, but I don't think it's necessarily they're not going to make the plays. They've had playmakers all season in the secondary. That's how I look at it. And they they were one time the runaway leader in turnovers in the National Football League, right? But didn't finish that way. Second half, first half, they were much uh, better at you know, forcing turnovers, getting turnovers in the first half compared to the second half of the season, weren't they? Yeah, but CJ also missed five games of that second half, and he's only been back for uh, two games now. And he's he's you know, and he's he's shown he's healthy. But I I don't know. I'm with Marcus. I don't know the correlation you're trying to make. If they don't make plays, if there's plays to be made, and they don't make plays. They're probably going to lose the football game. I'm with you there, but I don't yeah, they, think the assumption carries over is what I'm trying they, to say. They have 18 interceptions in 18 games and 17 tied for third in the league, and they just had one. So, again, I, I don't it, – it, it may be a problem. It may be a red flag, but it's a red flag that I haven't really paid much attention to. Um, and uh, – you know, dropped interceptions are often a, 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 a you get yourself in the right. My my issue with Brock Purdy is he does it habitually, and I think David Webb would have had a lot of interceptions had he played more than the one game this season. Um, and I think that worm turns at some point. I mean, there are. I mean, there was the the first Giants game goes differently. I think it was the first Giants game if a ball doesn't go through their defensive backs' hands. You know. Interceptions are hard to make, but good passes and good decisions aren't. And my point with, with Purdy is not that, you know, the Eagles might drop some interceptions. It's that he might throw some interceptable passes and has thrown an alarming number for a guy who's in the NFC Championship game. But again, Jimmy G did the same thing until he sort of locked down and understood what he could do. And let's be honest, nobody throws more interceptable balls than Nick, Nick Foles. So... You don't. You, you can be a you can be a gunslinger and get by as long as they don't as they don't pick them off. <laughs> that's true. By the way, uh, fans are not going to like to hear that, but that's true. Um, when you popped on, I don't know if you heard us talking, Marcus, but we were talking a little bit about. I don't want to call it a controversy, but certainly people noticed that AJ Brown didn't look tremendously happy. Um, 
at the end of the the playoff win against the Giants. Uh, Nick Sirianni addressed it uh, yesterday. It's a little banged up. They ran for 268 yards. They only completed 16 passes, so nobody was getting a ton of traffic in the passing game. Um, did you make anything of that, A.J. Brown's perceived unhappiness? Yeah, um, Jalen overthrew him in the end zone. I want to say it was maybe the third quarter, if not the second. Yeah. yeah. And it looked like he hurt his hamstring. And at, he stayed in the game. He, he came out of the game right then, but he went back in. But he didn't seem to be as effective afterward. And um, he's a pretty emotional guy. I, I don't think he was upset at not getting the football. I think he was angry that he was hurt. And I think he is hurt. And I think that's probably the one sort of, you know, wart on the entire, on the face of the entire weekend is that, you know, if A.J. Brown is really hurt, that compromises them because as you guys were discussing before we came on that, you know, if they get a, a 105 yards rushing this week, that, that'll be a, it'll be a surprise because they'll have to run it a lot. And I don't think that that's going to happen. And this run defense is, is pretty good. So, you know, AJ Brown, I think he's going to be super important. And Dallas got Dallas got, it's probably going to go away. You know, those two linebackers, uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, it's, they're the best yeah. they're going to face. They yeah. remind me of – everybody talked about the Legion of Boom in the secondary. The linebackers made the Legion of Boom in Seattle. So, you know, Bobby Warner is – Bobby Wagner, yeah. Bobby, Bobby Wagner yeah. is just unbelievable. He's going to so, Hall of Fame, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, that said, A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and maybe even Quez Watkins are super important this week. And that's probably the, the the cheat code to beat this 49ers defense. If I were to tell you, Marcus, that I think the Eagles are going to have to face McCaffrey left, McCaffrey right, McCaffrey up the middle. And when McCaffrey doesn't carry the ball on the run, they're going to throw it to McCaffrey out of the backfield. Uh, you kind of sung his praises earlier. That's what I think Kyle Shanahan's going to do. I think he's just going to try and run the ball down the Eagles' throats. Eagles are a middle-of-the-pack team against the run uh, for their defensive ranking all year long. Do you think that Kyle Shanahan, in attempting in part to protect Brock Purdy because he's going to play in front of a crowd he's never played in front of before, do you think he just says, we're going to try and run the ball right down the Eagles' throats? If he can I mean, one of the other things that happened over the weekend is we saw that Christian McCaffrey might have a little calf injury. Yeah. Stretching it, getting a massage on the sideline. I I thought we'd see more Christian McCaffrey against against Dallas, and we didn't. And every time he wasn't in, he was getting it heated and getting it stemmed and stretching it out on the the calf stretcher. So, uh, yeah, I, I think optimally Christian McCaffrey is a weapon. But I think re- realistically, he might he might be a decoy as much as he's a weapon because I don't, I don't think that he's 100%, which, you know, given the amount he's been used in his injury history, it's it's remarkable that he's, you know, any percent. You know, I, I, I honestly, for all my praises of Christian McCaffrey, I didn't expect him to get abused by Kyle Shanahan the way he's been abused and still be viable at this point. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, it, I, my issue, if I'm an Eagles fan, lies less with Christian McCaffrey than Debo Samuel, who does so many things well from so many different positions. When you've got two sort of like 
hybrid players like Samuel and McCaffrey on the same team, it becomes very, very difficult to account for everybody. And the Eagles, you know, Achilles heel is that all of their defensive ends want to hit the quarterback every single time. So they hardly ever hold the edge, you know, and they're the middle of the field for them with their linebackers. They just aren't the same athletes as, you know, those two players. So I think you'll be looking at a lot of like strange formations, misdirections, you know, players getting the ball in places you don't expect them to get it. Cause I think, I think Shanahan's got a lot of stuff up their sleeves. So between Samuel and McCaffrey, you know, the, the, that, that area of 15 yards from the line of scrimmage to 15 yards downfield is I think where they're going to try to eat. Well, let's talk about the guy responsible for shutting down those playmakers, Marcus, Jonathan Gannon. Um, was interesting, uh, Nick Sirianni, after the game, sort of out of nowhere, uh, put this big defense on for Jonathan Gannon. Um, did it again on WIP yesterday. What do you make of it? What do you, what do you, why do you think Nick, uh, other than just protecting his guys? And by the way, he came armed with 16 different statistics number one, number one, number one, number three, number four, all top five categories. What the heck's wrong with Philadelphia that they don't realize this is a pretty good defense? Well, you know, we've seen Philadelphia and, you know, you know, to be to be honest, this show and a lot of other shows call for running the ball, better linebackers in the draft, running backs drafted higher. Not me. And, not not and, this show. <laughs> and more blitzing. We got to blitz more. Um, if you blitz, and this was true when Jim Johnson was here blitzing like crazy, it's one of the reasons Sean, uh, uh, well, the guy, the Sean McDermott, McDermott failed. Buffalo, right. In, in, in Philadelphia, if you blitz, you don't have the horses to blitz. And you don't have the back, the defensive backfield to cover. You're going to lose games. You know, the quarterbacks are too sophisticated. And so are the receivers. You know, the, one of the, one of the genius aspects of Ricky waters when he was here years ago is he could block the blitzer, which is a very, a lost art. Nobody on the Eagles yep. team could block yep. a blitzer. Yeah. And um, he could, he knew when to release and be the outlet and he could hurt you. So everybody's got one of those guys now. So it's just that simple. I think the first five or I think the first seven weeks of his career as a defense coordinator, he blitzed 10% of the time, which was the least in the league by 15%, right? <laughs> as a new defensive coordinator on a mediocre team in a town that loves the blitz, right? Where Fletcher Cox was being, wasn't having a good year and was being asked to drop in a cover. So Jonathan Gannon laid a very, very rickety foundation for himself. But at the time, we didn't realize that he just didn't have the horses. He has the horses in the uh, defensive backfield now to both get home. Avante Maddox was injured uh, coming up to hit a quarterback rolling out in the flat. And Dak Prescott had completed a pass with Avante Maddox on him earlier in that game. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson blitzed, I think, on the second play against the Giants this time and forced an interception. Those two guys can get home. Those two guys have been hurt most of the year. So all that said, we're not a very sophisticated football town for an invested football town. 
And the teams that generally win are the teams that blitz the least because blitzing leaves you open and it's an admission of desperation. Number one, we can't cover. Number two, our defensive line can't get home. They spent a lot of money on the, you know, they're, they're spending what, $23 million this year on their cornerbacks alone and are spending about $40 million, $45 million on their defensive line. If you still need to blitz, then you just spent that money. That's a good point. Marcus Hayes with us here on Birds uh, 365. All right. Uh, the at times overly emotional and reactive fan base is Eagle Nation. They're going to try and make a difference on Sunday down at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. And although I've been more of a Brock Purdy defender than detractor, uh, I will readily acknowledge he's never faced anything like this before. Certainly not at Iowa State, not in his handful of road games that he's played. And that's all it is, a handful in the National Football League. How important is the home field advantage to the Eagles on Sunday? It's pretty important, but, you know, I'll criticize the Eagles fans myself. You could take the air out of that stadium. It's really hard to take the air out of Seattle. It's really hard to take the air out of Kansas City. It's really hard to take the air out of Minnesota. And those are the, those are the comps, right? Those are the three, three loudest, hardest places to play in when the teams are decent, but Eagles fans, you know, I wrote a column, I think uh, Saturday for Sunday about how everybody worried so much about this giants game. Philadelphia. This is unbelievable always... by the way, Marcus, I, I, <laughs> uh, unbelievable how people worried about that game. Philadelphia fans are always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. And I've been in the, the stadiums, both the vet and the, uh, and the link, where when the other team starts to do well, the fans can't, you know, I don't blame them. I mean, some of them are alive for the 64 Phillies, right? I, I don't blame them, but they, they're thinking, okay, here we go again. It's human nature. That said, if the Eagles are, if the game is relatively close at halftime, you know, Brock Purdy will be a different man than he was at the first snap because he will be, he's never under, he's never had pressure. He's never had vitriol. He's never had venom like he's going to see it here. Yep. And he's not the only one on that team, you know? So yeah. it'll be fun. I mean, Christian McCaffrey has never been in this situation either. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see how he does. Honestly, dude seems cool, you know? He, he, he and Jalen Hurts are similar in a lot of ways. The, the, the moments aren't too big for them, though I will say in Tampa last year, Jalen looked like the moment was too big for him, but he was so fundamentally flawed and injured with his ankle that I'm not sure we got all of Jalen Hurts. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that because uh, it, it can be a huge factor. The Eagles fans can be a huge factor, but they have to stay engaged even if things don't look like they're going well. Yeah. If the snowball starts running down the hill, we saw it in 2018, the 2018 championship game. I mean, the interception by Patrick Robinson, the pick six, you heard the noise over uh, across the Delaware River in South Jersey. Um, that place will eviscerate Brock Purdy and the 49ers. But you get three three and outs to start the game, you're going to hear the boo birds, and they're going to yeah, be quiet. They're going to be booing the home team. Even if you're down six nothing, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, that there, the reality is you're one play from being down thirteen nothing, and that's what the fans tend to focus on instead of hey, it's only six nothing. But um, 
uh, you know, in other towns, they're, they're not as like that. You're, if you're, you're down 6 nothing in Seattle, they're still going crazy. You know, if you're down 6 nothing in Kansas City, you're still going crazy. But anyway, um, you know, the, the fans will be a big, a big factor. But I think the bigger factor is, you know, sort of how the Eagles weather the storm in a close game at home that they're supposed to win. You know, you can talk about the Niners and, you know, them being a slight underdog in this game. I think the line's three and a half, three. It was the last time I, when I went to bed last night and them, you know, it be, what do they won now? Uh, 10 in a row, 11 in a row. 12. Um, 12. They haven't lost 12 in, in a row. three months. <laughs> They're, the, all that said, the pressure is going to be on the number one seed and the MVP candidate. And, you know, Hassan Reddick, the defensive player of the year, the number two defense that led the, led the league with 70 sacks. The pressure is going to be on Philadelphia. And how they respond to that pressure is going to be a, a, a big deal. Tell me if uh, this is a legit concern or not, Marcus. If I say ahead of time, the better tackling team is going to win the game. Who's going to win the game? Ooh, well, well, that was a big issue for the for the Eagles early this season. They they didn't tackle very well. They they seemed to get it right after the first four games. I think it was. But this is a great tackling defense for, for San Francisco. It really is. Uh, in, the, in the games that I've seen and, and from what I've read, because, you know, one of the things that we're, we are at a disadvantage, and you probably are too, Jody, is we don't get to see a lot of the other teams granularly during the season. You know, you don't see the, the middle of the third quarter of the 49ers-Seahawks game. No, I actually can. probably see more than – I know I see more than you or John because every right. Sunday I'm home. I'm watching right. the other games because I got to go on CBS Sports Radio afterwards and talk about them. You guys are right, at the game right. talking to the players afterwards. So I actually do believe I see more than you. And, yeah, this is the best tackling team in the NFL. Eagles are one of the best tackling teams, but the best tackling team in the NFL is the 49ers. And you think about the guys they are going to have to tackle. Kittle, Samuels, yeah. McCaffrey, who's very slippery, you know. Yeah. It, it, it'll be a it'll be a real challenge, and the people who are going to have to tackle are are the guys in the secondary coming up. And if you play off this team, if you play off these receivers, if you don't play aggressively on the corners, I mean that could cost the Eagles the entire game. Not only do do you need to press these corners and make Brock Purdy beat you, you have to be there to support the to support the run defense. So. Uh, uh, I would be uh, when back when we could watch practices. What I would routinely do is follow the safeties and the middle linebackers to see what kind of attack they were going to have in any given week. Whether when it was uh, Emmett Thomas and Ray Rhodes back when we could watch the entire practices, um, and it was always a tell. And I wouldn't write it because that would be abusing the privilege of watching the practice but I would know what to look for during the games. And I would be delighted to be a fly on the wall when they're going through their defensive, uh, their, their sort of their defensive game plan to see where, you know, Epps and Gardner Johnson and the cornerbacks and TJ Edwards are lining up and how far off the ball and, you know, whether they're going downhill or whether they're going sideways. Yeah, those were the days when we could watch the entire practice, Marcus. Long gone. It's never coming back, that's for sure. At Inkstained Wretch, follow Marcus on Twitter, inquire.com. 
tremendous columnist in the city. Voice of the people. I love that on your Twitter page, <laughs> Sports Radio uh, WIP as well. You can listen to Marcus there. I'll, I'll end it here uh, with you, Marcus. Uh, sense of urgency. I mean, man. This was set up for the Eagles. They earned it, this number one seed. The New York Giants probably shouldn't have been there. They're not ready for that spot. The Eagles just a better football team. We talked about Brock Purdy. You're in the NFC Championship game. You're going to face a good team. You know that. But the quarterback's Brock Purdy. It's not, you know, Tom Brady. It's not uh, uh, a superstar quarterback. And then we talk about this coaching staff is likely to get pilfered at some point. We talk about all the free agents, uh, the sense of urgency for this team to take advantage of this situation at this point in time. How important is it? It's important. And uh, I was astonished at their sense of urgency all the way through the season until, until Jalen got hurt. At that point, I think they thought they were going to cruise a little bit. But, man, they, they were just ferocious last week and I, I think we were all worried a little bit that the bye week that the three games before the bye week and the bye week might have taken a little fire away from them but they were more intense for their you know divisional playoff game than they had been probably since Detroit you know that was a <laughs> that was a heck of a showing and you know what is week 19 for them so I, I think Sirianni and Hertz and Cox and Graham and Kelsey have done a great job of making sure that this team plays as well as it can as often as possible. And that's a hard thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do in baseball, but it's a really hard thing to do in football as well. And I would be astonished if we don't get the best effort that they can muster on Sunday at three o'clock. All right. My last question, Marcus, has to do with reading stats toward a potential win. This past week, Jalen Hurts made a play on the first possession in which he ran and took contact and he got back up, brushed himself off and said, let's go. It was huge, not only for the game that he got on the play, but letting the Giants know, oh, he's ready to run. So if you were thinking you could do what you did the week before or two weeks before last game of the regular season and just take out the plus one aspect of it, wrong we're going to use them how we need to use them. And surely Steichen did, and they had a phenomenal offensive game. I think he needs to not only have that aspect of the game in play for Steichen to be able to lean on, but also make some difference-making plays, a big run or two. Nine rushes, 34 yards. That's less than four per carry. That's less than Jalen Hurts did all year. Is Jalen Hurts ready to make a couple of big plays? And that's may, may all need to be two over 10 yard, move the chains, first down type plays. Is he ready to do that against the best tackling team in football on Sunday? I don't think so. And I think it's going to be, that's going to be the reason the game is as close as it's going to be. Um, they don't care if Jalen Hurts runs. They have the speed at, at the second level, not just the third level, but the second level to run him down and hit him. Um, so I don't think it's going to be as much of a plus one because let's be honest. I mean, Jalen, the threat of Jalen gaining somewhere between seven and 25 yards on every snap freezes the middle linebacker and the safety. Yep. They're, they're terrified of that. So, and when Jalen's in the flat, 
there's a real there's a real uh, possibility that he's going to gain as many yards as that rolling ru- receiver or tight end that you're covering. So you break up and he's gotten to the point where he's sophisticated enough to, to throw the ball just over you. The 49ers don't care if Jalen Hurts breaks the line of scrimmage. So uh, that may lead to a couple of 15, 20 yard runs, but they're glad they'll gladly give that up. They'll gladly sacrifice that to keep him from going over the top. And they'll gladly sacrifice that to make sure that their uh, linebackers and safeties shut down that, you know, those slants and the team for Dallas Goddard and, and those types of plays. But they're probably the only team in the league that, that has that luxury. And that, and that luxury is the main reason more so than Brock Purdy or George Kittle or even Christian McCaffrey is the main reason they're in Philadelphia at three o'clock on Sunday. You got that right. Marcus, great stuff. We always have fun when we have you on. We thank you for doing it this week. Hopefully we get you on again because that means the Eagles keep playing. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Marcus Hayes from the Philadelphia Inquirer and 94 WIP. All right, uh, Jody Mack coming back. couple things I got to run by. My partner, John McMullen. Next hour, we'll have another good spot for you. Rob Motti, the lead writer for the Associated Press, uh, is going to jump in. Uh, Rob follows the entire league, but you know he's a Philadelphian at heart, so he's got the Eagles in his sights every single week. Uh, Marty Mann will join us coming up about 25 minutes from now. But more Birds 365 with Mac and Mac next. Keep it here. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask. 
including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Joining Mac, John McMullen. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Uh, appreciate you streaming on in. If you want to hit that like button, go ahead and do it. If you don't, can't make you do it, can't force you to do it. Uh, we've had some. Uh, what's not numbers. to like, Jody? What's not? Oh, to I like? can tell you what's not to like. The fact that I respect Brock Purdy and it's <laughs> bothering the snot out of some Eagle fans. Uh, I see some of our streamers here like that steals. Uh, he's here every single day. Love him. Uh, always has entertaining context. Savvy, uh, another guy who's on the stream every single day. We aren't losing it. Brock Purdy isn't coming in here to Philadelphia. There's no way the Philadelphia Eagles in their house lose to Brock Purdy. Let me throw two names by you, John. Um, Jake DeLome. Did Jake, Jake, yeah. did Jake, Jake Delhomme not walk in here with the Carolina Panthers a, twenty years ago? Yeah. Well, Jake, uh, Jake Delhomme at the at the height of his career was uh, Joe Montana compared to Brock Purdy. <laughs> Stop! Yeah, they, 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 not 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 even close. Uh, Jake Delhomme is as forgettable as as right. Do you remember how many yards Jake Delhomme threw for in that uh, huge win by the Carolina Panthers at Lincoln Financial Field? Uh, no, but no, I wasn't I here at the that. time, but I know Jake was a good quarterback for Carolina for a number of years. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Brad Johnson, I put in this category as well, because he's a, he's actually a Super Bowl winner for whatever reason, people will go, Jake made a Super Bowl, uh, lost it, uh, Brad won a Super Bowl. Obviously, they're not great quarterbacks, but they were good, solid NFL quarterbacks for an extended period of time. Now, maybe Brock Purdy turns out to be that down the road. Look, I'll 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 be the first to admit, and I criticize others, and it's human nature. You know, pedigree plays into it. And I criticize all the people who say TJ Edwards isn't a good player because he wasn't uh, drafted. Um, But he's done it now over a consistent, a sustained period of time. I understood why people didn't believe in TJ Edwards. I understand that. At some point, you have to open uh, your eyes and let the meritocracy in and Mm -hmm. say, you know, but this is still a very small sample size. This is still, you know, a, 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 you know, it hasn't been tested. Kyle Shanahan is the best play caller, in my opinion, in the NFL. He is protecting him. He is holding his hand. Um, but so what? 
I I will say this. I agree with those Eagles fans, Jody, that say there's no way Brock Purdy is coming into Lincoln Financial Field and beating the Philadelphia Eagles. But I would add to it, the San Francisco 49ers can come into Lincoln Financial Field and beat the Eagles right. because there are other people on the field who are helping Brock Purdy out, including Kyle Shanahan, including Christian McCaffrey, who Marcus is right is the most difficult running back to deal with in the NFL when he's healthy, and Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk, and Trent Williams, and Fred Warner, and Dre Greenlaw, and Nick Bosa, and on and on and on. This is the most talented team in football from top to bottom. The 49ers can. Brock Purdy? Yeah. That's a bit of a break, to be honest. Uh, you know, it could be Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It could be a superstar quarterback. It could be Joe Burrow. Those are superstars. This is not a superstar. But there are other people on the field that are going to be helping Brock Purdy. Right. And all of it. On the scoreboard down at Lincoln Financial Field, it isn't going to be Purdy against Hertz, is it? It's going no. to say Eagles versus 49ers. It's the teams and the overall rosters that will decide the game. Um... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm just pointing out that Brock Purdy's undefeated. He, he can't be better than that. It, it, uh, the, the one loss record is the one that kind of trumps all other records. And to this point, Brock Purdy hasn't lost yet. And I think people are looking past that and purely looking at, yes, the fact that he's only played eight games. Well, he's eight. It's not two. It's not four. It's eight. And he hasn't lost yet. And uh, I'm with you. The reason that he hasn't lost yet, big part of it is, yeah, he's got a phenomenal roster that's around him. He's got Debo Samuel and Kenshin McCaffrey and Trent Williams and a phenomenal defense. Sorry, Eagle fans. The Eagles, when they take the field on Sunday, will be the second best defense on the field. Now, they might very well be the second best defense in the entire National Football League. 32 teams. The Eagles might be number two. Number one is the team they're playing is San Francisco. I just think their defense is that good. And uh, that's the reason why I think it's a toss-up game, one that can go either way. Uh, if the Eagles are going to win it, I think they're going to need a big outing from Michael Jordan. I mean, uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's, um, probably not, that's probably not a good comp. I, I Sometimes I wonder about Nick. But, uh. the, you know why I like that? Because, and I've taken grief from it here on the stream, WIP, blah, 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 Twitter. I've used the comp of Kurt Warner to Brock Purdy. And people go, how the hell can you, Brock Purdy's played eight games. Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer. You're not understanding the point I'm trying to make. I'm comparing Brock Purdy's first season as a starter to Kurt Warner's first season as a starter. I'm not uh, going out on a limb and going, Brock Purdy, because he's done this for eight games, going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not stupid enough to do that. He's, he's got to go a little bit longer before I'm going to go down that road. But you sure as hell can compare what Brock Purdy has done in his first chance as a starter 
as compared to what Kurt Warner did in his first chance. 1999, when Trent Green went down with an injury, I took call after call after call. Here in Philadelphia, because you remember who the Rams were coached by, right? That Vermeil guy. Uh, yeah. Who yeah. was still generating a lot of yeah. interest here in Philadelphia. Oh, this is good. This cookie's got to crumble. This Cinderella's got to turn back into a pumpkin. Kurt Warner can't continue to do this. And then they had a parade. So he did. He proved he could do it. Why? Because he had all these amazing weapons around him. Guess what? So does San Francisco. They have a lot of amazing weapons around Brock Purdy. So when I made the comparison between Purdy and uh, Kurt Warner, a lot of people, you can't do that. You can't go there. And then Nick Sirianni yesterday compared Jalen Hurts to Michael Jordan. I understood the. I understood it maybe better than anybody else because I've been doing the Warner. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 I don't care about the comp. I understand what he was trying to do as well. Um, it, it just makes it harder because other people are going to take it out of context. And anytime you bring up, you know, a legend like that, um, you know, people are going to take it out of context. That's what I mean. Uh, I don't think it does Jalen Hurts any favors uh, when when you bring up a name like that. Um, that's that's all I mean. I mean, just you know, don't compare people to you know, sacred cows, and that's what Michael Jordan is uh, with with many people. And I understand what Nick was trying to do. He wasn't trying to say he's going to be the greatest uh, player in his sport. And his he wasn't trying to say that, but. Again, it gets lost in translation, um, and that's why I think it's a, it's a disservice to your players when you when you bring up uh, legends uh, and comping them to to current players. Uh, was was a little taken back by it, but I knew right where Nick was coming from because people have given me grief the same exact way because I've been comparing. Brock Purdy's first season to Kurt Warner's first season, not Kurt Warner's entire career. Just Kurt Warner's first season. Yeah, coming out of left field, uh, it's a good comp for coming out. You know, Dick Vermeil cried when Trent Green got hurt because he <laughs> thought his season was over. He was weeping because he thought his season was over. Uh, coming out of left field, it's a good comp. Where I differ, and, and Marcus brought this up as well with Marshall Falk, I would like that comparison, Marshall Falk with Christian McCaffrey. But the Rams had a different offense. The Rams chucked it all over the field. The Rams threw it downfield. Kurt Warner threw it downfield to Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt. And they were just the most explosive offense we've ever seen to that point in history. Kyle does Kyle built on the running game, play action, all this, you know, eyewash, all this uh yards after catch, quick throws. That I don't like the comparison. Completely, completely different offenses. Uh, Kurt was asked to do a lot more throwing the football down the field. In fact, that's one of my criticisms with the teams that have played the 49ers with Brock Purdy and Dallas, which has a good defense, by the way, and they played well. They put the defense played well enough to win. They generated over, over, pressure in the first half. Yeah. Oh, Purdy, they played Purdy well was enough under to siege win. in the first half. But in, in, in the second half, when when the 49ers started to get a little bit of of, of, of tempo going, a little bit of, of of sort of you know feeling themselves, it was the quick stuff over the middle, the quick stuff over the middle. And Dallas wasn't taken out of way. And I thought, you know, I don't want to criticize Dan Quinn because 
I'm sure Dan Quinn was telling the player, you got to execute if you're the players and you're giving guys outside leverage and they're throwing, they're throwing the ball inside. I just didn't think they executed. Well, you got to make this kid throw the football outside the numbers. Maybe he can do it. I don't know. Maybe he can do it. And that's why I don't like the comparison of the offenses. Kurt Warner was just chucking the ball all over the place. And he had a great safety valve as well, which helped in Marshall Falk. But the 49ers, they have a completely different offense. Right. But here's here's what I'll say about taking away. Is it easier said than done to just take away George Kittle over the middle? Is it easier said than done oh, sure. to just take away sure. Debo Samuel? Yeah. Wave your magic wand and say, Debo, you're not getting the ball over the middle. George, you're not getting the ball over the middle. Those are phenomenal, talented players who get yeah, separation. And that's, you're right. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the best, the best. He is better than Mar- Marshall Falk when it comes to catching the football. Wow. Now, he's now here's the thing with Christian McCaffrey. He's always hurt. You know, I'm not saying he's true. I'm not comparing him as a but when he is, I remember that the Eagles wanted to draft him that year. I did a lot of research. I talked to a lot of people about Christian McCaffrey. They said he was the best route runner of any receiver coming out of college that year. And as everybody knows who his father is, he is an unbelievable football player from a versatility standpoint. Can't stay healthy, all that. But when he's on the field, he's really difficult to deal with. George Kittle, same way. But then I look, so I'm looking at the plays, and there was one big play where Kittle caught it, not the bobbling ball, but uh, just a simple first down. Anthony Barr was in coverage, which is a mismatch at this stage of his career. Anthony used to be a good player, a downside of his career, but he took outside leverage. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You know, make it difficult for George Kittle. Make it, you know, you might not stop it, I I I just I saw that too much from the and maybe they were tired. It was late in the game, you know, for whatever reason. I don't think they did a good job late in the game. Overall, I thought they played well enough to win. The problem was Dak Prescott, but I you got to force and the Eagles have to force Brock Purdy to throw the football outside. That's in my opinion. That's how I approach this game. I, I hear what you're saying, but here's the one thing I'll add to it. If you force him to throw it outside and he gets it to McCaffrey, could be off to the races. You, well, you, you could mean, be looking at a 50-yard gain. If you do that to Debo Samuel, take away inside leverage, give him outside, and he catches the ball in stride, he could be going to the house. Well, I also said on yesterday's show, Jody, this is a big ta- tackling game. You You got to tackle. Because the the board and honors are going to get the ball out quick. They're going to take a couple shots down the field because they use so much play action. But for the most part in the passing game, uh, they're going to try to get the ball out quick. And, you know, all these guys, McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, they're yards after catch guys. So when they do catch it, you got to get them down. immediately because that's going to be the hidden yardage that probably tells the tale of this game. 
And that's why I think I'm uh, the last thing I want to do is be an explanation and or even an apologist guy for Dallas. I think that's why they oftentimes gave inside leverage, because if we're going to let him make a play, rather let him make a play. And if we don't get the original tackle, all right, he's, he's getting an extra five yards rather than an extra 25 yards. Because if you do that on the outside with guys with as much speed as McCaffrey and Samuel, yeah, they can actually take you for big chunk plays, which the Eagles try and avoid at all costs. All right. I was thinking about this when we had Marcus on, and um, I, I need to run it by you. I give the tip of the cap to Jonathan Gannon. You know I'm more of a Gannon defender than detractor. But one of the few critiques I have of him is he doesn't play quite enough press coverage for me. I'd like to see him press more. That to me is a a, a more legitimate, at least part-time critique than we don't blitz. We don't blitz. Why don't we blitz? That's the dumbest thing that Eagle Nation says. But you, you lead the league in sacks. Just shut up. Um, but he does like to sit in the soft zones and give a cushion on it. And you know San Francisco is going to come in here, as John McMullen just said, try and get the ball out of Purdy's hands as quickly as possible. Last week against the Giants, they actually got up and pressed. They actually played the corners up in the Giants' face more than they, maybe more than they did all year long. But that was uh, Richie and Hodgins rather than Ayuk and Debo Samuel. How much press coverage did Eagles play this week against the 49ers? Um, not as much because for two reasons. One, as you mentioned, the the talent of the receivers is dramatic. Uh, the difference that's number one. But number two, they also want the eyes on Brock Purdy. They know he's going to give him an opportunity to 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 intercept the football, and they want their eyes on him. And you know. You have two of the best cornerbacks in football. I, I would say two of the top five when it comes in that high, the entire league, and I'm being literal, that are good at baiting quarterbacks. I've seen it on the practice field. When Jalen Hurts um, uh, last year, uh, you know, Slay used to bait him in practice. You, you, I, 10 feet away from one interception he caused. They are phenomenal at it. And with young, inexperienced quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks, these cornerbacks, they want their eyes on them. And they're going to have an opportunity to make some plays. And I guarantee you, Slay and Bradbury try to beat Brock Purdy into something. Um, Do you make the play? I don't know. If you make the play... All of a sudden, you got visions of Patrick Robinson and pick sixes and the whole snowball coming down the hill. I think they're going to want to keep their eyes on the cornerback. Gannon knows it. Gannon knows he has an opportunity. Um, so those are the two reasons that I I don't think it's as likely as you might want. But if Purdy gets the ball out and he gets it to Debo Samuel, you know how big a, a Bradford fan I am. And, man, uh, if they had uh, player props for interceptors, I would have played Bradford last week and I would have cashed the same way we cashed with any time touchdown from uh, Boston Scott, easiest money they gave out all year. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 
as good as the Eagles' two cornerbacks are, and they're both great, I wouldn't call either of them a top five tackler. And you might need no. to be that against Debo Samuel. No, that's an issue. That's an issue because they're not good tacklers. Um, even though Slay will get mad at me for saying that, he's not a good tackler. And uh, Bradbury's even worse um, as a tackler. Um, but there's not a lot of good cornerback tacklers in the NFL. Antoine Winfield Sr. is the best tackling cornerback I've ever seen. Those people don't exist anymore. So, um, yeah, you know, that's kind of baked in. That's you know who I'll make is one of the best tackling cornerbacks in the National Football League? Sorry to say this, Eagle fans. Avante Maddox. I think Maddox is yeah. a sure-handed tackler. Bigger guys, too, because Avante's usually giving up size. And he just gets guys to the ground. Uh, maybe he gets a chance to show that in the Super Bowl. I, I, I will say he's the best uh, tackling corner on the Eagles. Correct. But yeah, but that's what, like I'm saying, like, those those Winfield like guys they don't exist anymore. Who legitimately are just great great tacklers. Avante, yeah, that's sort of what you want. You get the guy down, get him, get him down. Doesn't matter how you do it. Doesn't matter how ugly it is. Um, but that's kind of baked in with everybody. That's sort of the way the evolution of the league. You get better athletes. You know, it's all about stopping the pass, stopping the pass, and run support. Balls by the wayside. No. Uh, here's my read on the game. And again, we've got till Friday. But I think it comes down to a matchup of the 49ers running game against the Eagles passing game. And again, when we're just giving the over-evaluation of the Eagle fan base and the way that they rooted for umpteen years here in town, Daniel Hurd's going to throw it a lot this weekend. Could could be to the tune of 350 yards and a trip for the soup to the Super Bowl. But I, I I went out on a limb earlier. In case you're just tuning in, hour number two of Birds 365 should have been here in hour number one. Hot take Max said Eagles under 262 yards rushing this week. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be able to reproduce what they did against the Giants. This is a different defense they're facing. And I'm pretty damn sure without having talked to Shane Steichen and John Hedgen either, he doesn't get to do that till today. I'm going to predict the Eagles throw the football more this upcoming week. And, uh, and, and by the way, I should have added, you know, San Francisco is the best tackling uh, team in the NFL, um, you know, by the eye test and, and also by the film, if you want to believe pro football focus. But uh, they got them ranked number one, right? They're the best. Yeah, they got them ranked number one. Um, their, their best cornerback, uh, Charbarius Ward, um, he, he might be the best tackling corner in, in the NFL. Um, you know, again, it's, it's, a, it's a scaled, uh, sort of you're, you're grading on a curve if you've been watching football for a long time, but he's, he's a really good tackler. So they're a really good tackling team as a whole, um, and and you know he's he's probably the best uh, cornerback tackler in the NFL. And oh, by the way, their their uh, slot corner, uh, Mr. Ward, the Warden Ward representation. Jimmy Ward, backfield. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're he can tackle too, but he's more of a. 
a cover guy, but he's one of the better cover corners uh, in the uh, National Football League, slot corners in the National Football League. Hi, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac here with you on Birds 365. I got to send out a reminder text to our bud, Rob Motti. We're hoping he jumps in with us here next, Mr. Associated Press on Birds 365. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Birds 365 here on the Jacob Forest YouTube channel. We got McMullen, McDonald, and there he is. 
We got another mobile guest checking in from the car. Our bud Rob Marty from the Associated Press. Sunny down there in Florida? Is that what you're telling us? Hey, we got overcast skies here in Philadelphia. How sunny is it down there, Marty? Uh, it's sunny, but we're, we go through all four seasons in one day. So when you wake up <laughs> in winter, um, and about a, about as soon as I get out of the gym, it'll be spring and then summer later on this afternoon. Nice. I uh, like it. Fast forward through everything. Uh, am I going to see you this weekend, Rob? I assume you're going to be there, correct? Yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be there Sunday, even though Jason Kelsey told me to stay away a couple more weeks since they've been doing so well without me covering the team. But I, I just couldn't resist. It's the NFC Championship game. I haven't missed one at the link. So uh, I got I to gotta be there for that. Understandably so. Uh, Eagles come in off the massive blowout of the Giants. 49ers hard-fought win over the Cowboys this past week. But then you take the step back and you look at both seasons. The Eagles had the better record. That's why the game's going to be at Lincoln Financial Field. But how similar were the accomplishments of those two teams over the course of 17 games plus now the playoffs? It's a very exciting matchup. I look at this as two old school football teams, guys. I, I think that you got tough physical defenses, top two defenses. They can run the football. So it's got a little bit of, the, of that John Madden flair, that 80s, 90s football where you, you get excited about you can play this game in two hours and 50 minutes if they want to ground and pound and run the ball and with the defenses. However, you sprinkle in some playmakers and quite a bit of playmakers on both teams. Uh, on the Eagles, the skill position guys, whether it's Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, you go over to the Niners, McCaffrey, Debo, George Kittle. There's a lot of playmakers on this. So it's not quite that old school football where you're just going to be running, running, running the ball. They're so evenly matched, and, and I, I think this is why you play the entire season to get that number one seed because the biggest advantage the Eagles have this week is one at quarterback in someone who's tested yeah. and been through these type of experiences and also that 70,000-plus screaming fans at the link who may finally make Brock Purdy feel like a rookie third-string quarterback who is the last pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, that's the story. Jody believes in Brock Purdy more than I do, Rob. Where are you on the Brock Purdy scale? I, I give Kyle Shanahan a ton of credit, but I'll also say, guess what? You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a veteran quarter, quarterback, hasn't been able to put up the numbers of, of, of somebody like Brock Purdy. Um now, uh, we had Marcus Hayes on, Rob, and he, he made a good point that, well, he never really had Christian McCaffrey for a long period of time. So his addition has meant uh, uh, a lot, to say the least, for San Francisco. But where are you on the Brock Purdy scale as far as belief, disbelief? 7-0, and 16-3 and is pretty impressive. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan should get a ton of that credit for helping develop Brock Purdy from where he was into what he is right now. But I got to see more out of Brock Purdy to, to be a believer and, and to feel like he's the answer for the San Francisco 49ers going forward, especially with the number of assets they traded for Trey Lance. Can he come into the link, play well, continue to do what he's done? Yeah, he can do that. He's got a lot of poise. He's, it doesn't seem like he uh, is deterred under pressure. I don't think he's seen a pass rush quite quite like the Eagles. This is a team and a defense 
that can really eat you alive. So this is going to be a tough, tough test for Brock Purdy. Whether he he fails or he succeeds, I don't think it is going to determine his long-term future. I think he's got so he's got some skill sets. He's a guy who is is fitting nicely into an offense that is uh, run by a guy who is innovative and creative like Kyle Shanahan. I don't know that Brock Purdy would be having this kind of success if you threw him into another situation anywhere else in the NFL right now. So you got to give him his credit, but also he's got a tough, tough challenge, the toughest that he's faced all year coming up on Sunday. And I think that's going to say a lot about who he is and what he can do this early in his career, eighth start in the NFL. Rob, John mentioned this yesterday, and you were probably at one of these sessions as well, uh, that Shane Steichen has said, hey, if you can't effing stop it, I'm not going to effing stop calling it. That that's Shane Steichen's very well-advised uh, way of looking at things in the NFL. And this past week against the Giants, he said, you're not going to stop the run. Guess what? We're going to continue running right down your throat to the tune of 268 yards. What's the chance that the 49ers use that same philosophy and say, we're just going to try and run it down the Eagles' throats? Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. He is still a rookie. The Eagles are the number one pass defense in the National Football League. They're in the bottom half of the league against the run. And you've got a guy named Christian McCaffrey uh, in your backfield. Is there a chance the 49ers just come in here and say, Oh, we're going to run the football, and if you stop us, you're going to win the game. But we don't think you can stop us. We're going to try and run it down your throats all afternoon. How big a chance is that of happening? Jody, more than a chance. I think that's got to be their game plan. Uh, you, you can't look at this Eagles defense and try and figure out a way to attack them other than doing that by trying to run the football at them. Now, it's not necessarily running the ball down their throats, although you can run in the middle. But the way Shanahan designs and schemes and you got Debo getting some carries and you got jet sweeps and you got these exotic runs, whatever he wants to do, running the football is what the 49ers need to do and need to do effectively. I think all coaches, Jody, should follow the Shane Steichen philosophy. If you ain't effing stopping us, why, why, can, why not continue to do it? To do it? Like yeah. There's too often we see teams, hey, they'll run the ball on first and second. They'll get eight yards, eight yards. And, and then all of a sudden they, they, they just go away from it. And they continue to, to do or try different things. If another team, if you are imposing your will on another team, if your offensive line is dominating like the Eagles were doing to the Giants, like the Eagles have done throughout the season, that O-line, you continue to do it because sometimes a team just can't stop you. They're not going to be able to figure out a way to stop you. They're not capable of it. They don't have the players, the talent level, the the, the strengths are not there to stop you. So I think from both sides of the ball, you got to do what works for you, continue to do it. Who cares about style points? It's all about getting the W, getting to that Super Bowl. So I, I would expect, but here's the thing. With the 49ers, you can run the ball. They can continue to run the ball. And then you got a guy like George Kittle over the <clears> middle. <throat> you you got a guy like, like Debo who, who can stretch the field. I, you, like They have some weapons that you can't focus 100% or 95% on stopping McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell in the run game because they can beat you other ways. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time the Eagles kind of get a, a taste of their own medicine because it's so difficult to deal with the Eagles, because if you, hey, go shut down AJ, well, Devontae's there, Dallas is there, 
if you if you want to really focus on umbrella coverage as a whole, they can just run the football. And plus they have the plus one in Jalen Hurts. I want to talk about the coaches, Rob, because we all know. I mean, you and I have been around this league for a long time. Kyle Shanahan is so well regarded. If he's not the best play schemer, play caller, he's number two to Andy Reid. He's in that rarefied air. But guess what? You know, he has a lot of problems, just like Andy back in the day with time management. I think those play callers get bogged down. He was getting criticized for for the way he handled the end of the first half against Dallas. Time coming off the clock. He's thinking about play calls. And all of a sudden, they convert a third down. They're able to get, a, I think it was a 50-yard field goal from Robbie Gold. But it wasn't good. It wasn't good the way he handled it. And, and that's been sort of consistent throughout his career. The best thing I think Nick Sirianni did as a young coach was saying, you know, this is a big job. Maybe I'll take a step back and oversee the team, hand it off to play calling. When you look at that dynamic, how do you look at it as far as cooking goes? I think it shows a tremendous lack of ego from Nick Sirianni to be able to do that as a former offensive coordinator because we know how much these coaches who are offensive-minded take ownership of calling those plays. Like yeah. it, it's, it's what they do. It's what they were born to do. And for Sirianni to peel back and do that, I think has worked out effectively for the Eagles. And then on the other flip side, yeah, Kyle Shanahan's had all that success. You point to those issues. I, I'll, I'll, I'll remind everybody of the 28-3 Super Bowl league. Yeah, he yeah. was the offensive coordinator where he, he didn't call the right plays to be able to protect a 25-point freaking lead in the second, well, 11 minutes left or 15, whatever the heck it was, against the Patriots. So that's a big, that's a big blow, uh, uh, blow up right there. Uh, he, he screwed that up big time. So you give Shanahan the edge and experience here. He's been there. He's been through these games. He's been to a Super Bowl, hasn't won it, but he's been there. But I'm not. I'm not gonna shortchange Nick Sirianni at all. Like the way he's coaching right now, it seems like he's got a feel for everything. You're seeing guys run. He's, they're scheming guys wide open. They're they're not just Jalen Hurts. It, I don't want to take any. Sometimes if you say this, people take it as criticism of the quarterback. Like, oh, you're saying anybody can do that? No. But his job is made easier because the line is protecting so well. And the scheme is such that you got A.J. Brown sometimes running wide open by six, seven, eight yards. You got Dallas Goddard wide open by four, five, six yards. That's on coaching. Yeah, the guy's got to run the routes precisely. They got to have the skill to be able to do that. But I don't want to take anything away from what Nick Sirianni has been able to do as a play caller as a offensive system scheme designer, everything that he's been doing is right there with Kyle Shanahan. And I, I think this week it's going to be, it's going to come down. Coaching matters. Coaching, special teams is going to, every little detail is going to matter. And, and, and we'll see, we'll see if, if Nick can, can out coach. We saw Doug Peterson do this to Sean McVay when he was the boy wonder. Let's see if Nick can do it to Kyle Shanahan. All right. So I want to take the head coach out of it. Partially play caller against play caller offense against defense Shanahan against Gannon. Who's got the matchup uh, edge going in. 
Jonathan Gannon, Jonathan Gannon gets far more respect, guys, right nationally than he does locally. And, and yeah. we, saw, we saw what Nick said the other night uh, about Jonathan Gannon. The Eagles' defense has been solid, strong, stingy, nasty. They got some players. The the only area where I'd be concerned about San Francisco attacking the Eagles would be over the middle, right? It, 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 there's some susceptibility there attacking them over the middle with Kittle and, and what they can do. This one's going to be a it, – it's going to be a classic chess match. If I had to give a slight edge, I, I would give a slight to Kyle Shanahan right now. But, but I think Jonathan Gannon's got a little bit of something to prove. I think Jonathan Gannon's defensive line and the, the, the ability to get to the quarterback and wreck things for Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan's going to show up big time in this game. Uh, typically, when the Eagles play and Lane Johnson is on the field, uh, you don't have to worry about uh, the right side of the offensive line. A um, little bit different for a couple reasons this week. One, you got the defensive player of the year on the other side, uh, Nick Bosa. And Lane is playing through a torn groin muscle. Um, and he was able to hold up very well against the New York Giants, who have some talent, but it's young talent that probably aren't ready uh, to deal with somebody with the savviness of, of Lane Johnson. Nick Bose is the best pass rusher in football. Ever since he got to San Francisco, I maintain that's when that team became a Super Bowl contender, Rob, because nobody can block the guy. And their one bad year is when he got hurt. When he's been on the field, he's sort of like their Lane Johnson. We always talk about that win-loss record when Lane's on the field, when Lane's off the field. Nick Bose is their Lane Johnson. When he's on the field, they win. When he's off the field, they struggle. Is that one of the best matchups uh, we're going to see uh, uh, on Sunday? I think that's probably one of the best matchups we might see, John, throughout the playoffs when, when you look at a- any one-on-one particular matchup. It's too bad that Lane Johnson isn't 100%. I-, I wish I could see him at 100% going at Nick Bosa. He's so tough that he's going to go out there. And we saw – that he was able to do it against the Giants. This is a different level. You're going up against a guy who's an all-pro, a guy who's a, a leading defensive player of the year candidate in Nick Bosa. But I think the X factor here for the Eagles is that they have Jalen Hurts. And, and Jalen Hurts is escapability. Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, can can create plays, can buy time. And, and if Nick Bosa – He's, he's going to win a couple battles with Lane Johnson. That, that, that's, the, that's the thing. You know, we ask offensive linemen – if a guy gets one or two sacks, he had a great game. But then what happened the other 69, 70 plays? Yeah. And- Lane hasn't given up a sack in well over a year. It's unbelievable. And- I mean, he does win 70 of 70 typically. Um, that's I don't think that's going to happen, though. Yeah, that's yeah. a mind-blowing mind – just to think about that. Yeah. Over a year that Lane hasn't given up a sack. Like, I, I'm I'm excited to watch. You know, I came on and I said it's old school football, the kind that John Madden would love. Man, he would love that matchup, Nick Bosa, Lane Johnson. If, let's say, Lane is laning out in the first half and Bosa's getting nowhere fast, you think Shanahan moves him or D'Amico Ryans uh-huh. moves him along the line? Uh, it's no, no picnic on the other side against Jordan Mailata either, but if 
Bosa's kind of shut out in the first half. You think they'll do some moving along that defensive line? D'Amico's got to do what he's got to do to win a football game. Uh, I, I would move him anywhere I needed to. I, I would line him up <laughs> any particular way that gives you an advantage. You got to do it. Like there, there's this is this is winner go home. This is winner. You know, you're done. Season's over. So I, I certainly think D'Amico may have a few wrinkles up his sleeve. And obviously he could be coaching in his last couple games with the 49ers. He's, he's such a hot candidate for a head coaching job. Uh, it, it, anything is possible in this one, Jody. I, I think that might be the smart thing to do and, and not even wait to mix it up a little bit and, and do it early. Yeah. Um, the offensive line as a whole, Rob, I, I was thinking about this because, you know, we saw over a seven day span uh, Dexter Lawrence completely wreck a football game uh, against Minnesota. And then I didn't even know he was on the field against Philadelphia. I really didn't. I mean, and that is a great player. Second team, all pro. Um, great, great player. Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson, Isaac Samalo, along with Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, who we were talking about. Boy, I, I saw somebody say this is the best offensive line since, you know, Emmett Smith and the Cowboys. I, it might be. This is the best offensive line I've ever seen. Uh, and, and, and you know, that surprises me because Brandon Brooks was here at his, and, and you had Jason Peters. But I think Jason was sort of slipping um, when, when Brandon Brooks was at the top of his game. Um, is this the best offensive line you've seen in your time covering the NFL? Oh, John, for sure. It, it reminds me of those Cowboys line. It reminds me of the Hogs. Remember the Hogs? How yeah. Oh, they yeah. Were. Yeah. This, this is, you know, I, I was I was trying to see whether or not some MVP voters would take a look at the Eagles offensive line, and I had – one guy who's not a voter tell me Jason Kelsey's worth a top five pick. And, and, and this is how good they are that you can even, that you can say that and you're not going to be left out of the building, right? Oh, offensive lineman for, for top five and an MVP. That's how good they are. That's how dominant they've been. And it speaks to Jeff Stoutland and what he's been able to do to develop these younger guys and, and to be able to uh, help them reach this point. Like what the Eagles did with Jordan Maylotta is, is unprecedented. Uh, yeah. I, I think to get a guy like that in the seventh round who's never played football, have him at left tackle and have him be, whether he's pro bowl alternate or, or whatever he, he, he's right there in the mix. One of the top guys. And, and, and it, it, it just really speaks to Statlin's ability as an assistant coach, as an offensive line guru, guru, and these guys and, and their talent and their ability to see what Jason Kelsey is doing still, at a high level, an all-pro for the fifth time. I, I think he just wrote his Hall of Fame ticket this year. I, I think Jason Kelsey has solidified his case for Hall of Fame based on this past season. Um, and, I, and I don't know how long he's going to continue playing. I don't know if he is going to continue playing, but I don't think he even needs to. And if the Eagles were to go on and win a Super Bowl where you had a dominant offensive line, he's got two rings, he's got five all-pro, first-team all-pro uh, on his resume, I think that makes him a Hall of Famer. And you know what? Lane Johnson isn't that far behind. Lane Johnson is, is 
is still building his resume. He's that kind of player. We all we all said that about Jason Peters, who, by the way, I saw Jason Peters have a heck of a first half, albeit against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. Yeah, on Monday did. Night Football yeah. in the wildfire game before he got hurt again. Because Shockingly. Just- <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa. Jason Peters got hurt? What? Did you just say that out loud? Shocking that Jason Peters got hurt at this thing. I know. Right, hold it, Mike. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. And I wasn't going to ask you this question because I think it's unfair. But then I remembered you dropped Jason Kelsey's name right at the start of this interview. Make the call. Jason Kelsey, Eagles Center 2023. Yay or nay? A Hall of Fame? No. No, he's coming back. Is he coming back? Oh, man. Not if they win. I think he rides off into the off sunset. Off into the sunset is what you're telling us? That would that would be a great way to go yeah. out. Uh, yeah. I kind of hope he does. I don't it, think he pulls the... a Tom Brady. I think he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, he I want I, I, uh, at Rob Motti, by the way. Follow Rob on, on Twitter. Uh, does a tremendous job uh, for the Associated Press. I should have uh, all pro vote, Rob. I'm going to lobby you for that. But uh, um, I, I want to talk about the AFC because, I mean, what a matchup again, Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. But, boy, high ankle sprain. Now, you, you suffer a high ankle sprain in a game, sort of like Jalen Hurts out in Chicago with the, the sprained SC joint. The adrenaline's going, you're warmed up, and then you get to the day after, and it's like, oh, I'm hurt. Um, it's going to take some time. High ankle sprains are usually four- to six-week injury. It, it, there's kind of no doubt, it seems, that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Is he going to be even close to the normal Patrick Mahomes? There's no way, guys, that he's going to be out there and not be in any way impacted. I, I don't know what a percentage – percentage you're going to put on him whether he's 50 60 say he's going to play he's going to do what he can for his team but like you said high ankle sprains are normally four to six whether it's even if it's a three to four even if it's a two to three he's playing seven eight days later playing eight days later he's going to feel it it's going to limit his mobility uh we saw what he was able to do against uh, jacksonville and he's throwing passes on, on one foot off the other he's doing whatever he can uh, to, to have Chris Collinsworth gush. Please tell me Collinsworth's not doing this game this weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, whoa, whoa, whoa. T- time out. I'm going to defend Collinsworth. Collinsworth's worse than Romo? Romo uh, never regressed. Oh, my I, I, God. He just keeps talking and talking and talking. Yeah, and poor Al Michaels, because he doesn't talk enough, gets killed. And then Romo gets killed this week because he talks too much. Yeah, they don't pay those guys enough for the kind of criticism they take. As the by the way, Greg Olson is great. I he, saw somebody. Greg Olson, I, very Greg good. Olson yes. is great. I, I want to. I want to get it. I'll tell you what. When Chris Collins, my wife doesn't pay attention to football, but when she hears his voice, she asks me to mute the TV. I, I, I don't know. I, it's just uh, something about maybe the way he, he's gushing over everybody. That that said, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is superhuman. He's going to be out there. He's going to play. He's going to do things that are going to make you go, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe yeah. he did this. Whatever it is, I think he's going to be limited a little bit. And and it's it's reasonable to think that. 
And yeah, I think it's it reflected is. in the fact that the Chiefs are only a one-point favorite at home. They're already factoring in the fact that Patrick Mahomes, while being very good, might not be Patrick Mahomes. All right, uh, put you on the spot again, Marty Man, because that's your gig now, Mr. Uh, lead NFL writer. Eagles, two coordinators. Both back, one back, neither back. How pilfered are the Eagles going to be this offseason on their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, fed coach positions? I think they're both going to be back. Uh, I, they're getting the opportunities. They're getting the interviews. And, and no team has, has made a hire yet. But when, when you look around and see the names and see the list and, and see how the league is, is pushing in certain areas, I wonder how that's going to have an impact on Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. And and I, I feel like there's a, a really good chance that they are both back with the Eagles next year. Yeah. There's only five openings, Rob. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where true. you think uh, Jerry changes course and maybe you think there's any additions. Sean McVay, I'm a little surprised he came back. That I, I thought he was leaving, uh, but Sean McVay's coming back. Any surprises, late surprises uh, with guy, guys in the playoffs getting fired? To me, Brandon Staley would have been one, but the Chargers are bringing him back. McCarthy's the only other one, right? Yeah, and I'm surprised he's going he's gonna to keep his job. Doesn't mean that Jerry doesn't change his mind at some point. Maybe they make Kellen Moore the fall guy uh, for what's happened in Dallas. Um, the Buccaneers blew up their offensive coordinator. I thought they should have taken Todd Bowles with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they they didn't. They're going to give him another opportunity. So there there was going into the playoffs. I thought there were two three possibilities, right? With the Chargers, Tampa, Dallas, depending what happens. And so far, none of those have turned into openings. And when you have only five, uh, and you have uh, so many various candidates, uh, yeah. I, I I think that's a good thing from a selfish standpoint. If you're an Eagles fan, you want to see a guy like Gannon and. Shane Steichen. Well, his- now they they don't want Gannon back. They want Steichen back, but they, they don't, don't want. Don't yeah. want Gannon. No. Well, a lot of them. I shouldn't say all of them, but yeah. I mean, uh, that's why Nick went out of his way to defend the guy. It was weird, Rob. He just went out. Uh, went uh, out but of his do, way. do you think he went out of his way to defend him like that to get him another gig, or to set up yeah. for the fact that he's going to stay? Hey, Philadelphia, wake up! We got a great guy here. You should appreciate him. What do you think his major motivation was there? Jerry, you're not saying he went out of his way to say that to get him another gig because he wants him gone. Is, no, is that- he's uh, just doing the right thing by one of his guys to, yeah. to to put him on a silver platter for a team to appreciate and go, hey, how do you how the hell do you not hire him as your yeah. coach? Oh, that's part of it. That's part of it. It's it, it's Nick and what he does in front of the camera, right? And, and and Nick knows how to Nick knows how to do that, and 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 I think that's certainly part of it. But he's also telling Philly fans, hey, you got to appreciate what you have. I'll tell you what, we have an assistant coach of the year award and I won't be giving too much away if I, if I say that um, I did see Jonathan Gannon's name on, on, on uh, come up uh, at least one vote. <laughs> so somebody out there, there's at least one, I'm not giving yeah. it away. I'm saying he got at least, he got at least one vote in the top three somewhere. We got that. No Shane votes. No shame. I, I can't talk. I can't say too much. I can't say. All too right. Much. All right. I, you, you, I just, you, you I just put got your hand through. a little bit. Appreciate yeah. that. I gotta All be right. Like, La- yeah. <laughs> Last one for you, Rob. Um, 
And John and I had some fun with this on Monday. Uh, I asked John when he felt comfortable knowing that the Eagles won the game. And he said, when Brian Dable decided to defer and uh, <laughs> give the ball to the Eagles. So it was over pretty damn early. When is this game going to be decided on Sunday? Uh, this one's certainly not going to be like no. I shocked if either team ran away with this. I, I think this comes down to uh, a, a field goal at the end. This is these are two teams that are that closely. Um, they're they're both right there with each other. Could go either way. I think the home field advantage is huge for the Eagles, especially with Brock Purdy being a rookie. Uh, never faced anything quite like this. This is what it's all about, having that game in the link, trying to make his life miserable, maybe get that one turnover uh, that's going to impact the game, whether it's inside the red zone or whether it's on the opposite side and gives your offense a short field. Robbie Gould, I think, is perfect in his lifetime in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Goals, Boy, right? He's, I, uh, I think he, I think he's forty now, Rob. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe age finally shows up for Rob. But I wouldn't. Yeah, if I'm, if it's Robbie Gold to win it, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned if yeah. I'm an Eagles fan. Like I'm looking at this line at two and a half, and I, and I'm debating taking the Eagles straight up and the, and the Niners to cover because I think it might be a one point game. Ooh, that would be tremendous from an excitement standpoint. And oh, by the way, this week, uh, the matchup between the kickers, Jake Elliott closer than Brett Maher. I'm going to give Jake that much. I'm going to take Jake over Brett Maher this week in the kicking matchup between those two teams. That's saying a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Marty Man, always a pleasure, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your winter slash fall slash summer today down there in yeah. uh, Tampa. Mac Man will see you in the... Uh, yeah, safe, uh, safe travels up, Rob. Always well, a pleasure. Oh, he froze up on us. Froze at up the at the he very got, end. He got the got last the smiling, part in, and that's all we got he the needed. smiling Rob Motti face. We should, uh, we should keep that for Freeze that and save that. Yeah. Exactly right. All right, uh, these two faces are going to take a quick timeout. Come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds Three Sixty Five. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game. Now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Welcome back, guys. Part 365, final segment. Johnny, I'm going to end on a hypothetical. And I know you got a happy Tuesday in front of you today, uh, talking to the Eagle coordinators, including their defensive coordinator, who uh, Marty said he were a betting man. He would lean toward both coordinators being back, neither one of them getting a head coaching job. We know they're in a mix. Only five openings, but no hirings made yet. Let's say Rob's wrong. And Jonathan Gannon has a happy Tuesday down there in Houston. They get hired for the uh, coordinate, the head coach position for the Texans. If that's the case and Gannon is moving elsewhere and you have to cover the introductory press conference of the new Eagles defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, when you got to write your article for jacobsports.com, what's going to be the first line of the Vic Fangio hired as the new defensive coordinator of the Eagles going to be? Uh, he was not a consultant for the Eagles because it drives me insane. He's uh, a visitor, that, right? Yeah, he, he visited during training camp. It is a pet peeve of mine because these things take off right. like wildfire. Oh, you are right. Um, Marcus Brady, for instance, uh, was it? And, and then people moved the goalposts because I've been saying. And then Ian Rappaport said, Vic Fangio was a consultant for the Eagles. Ian, he wasn't a consultant for the Eagles. Now, the Eagles developed a relationship. Jonathan Gannon developed a relationship. They text, uh, although Gannon, it's mainly about golf, but uh, they text, and he can ask him information, knock stuff off him. But if that were the case, if that makes somebody a consultant, Frank Reich was a consultant for the Philadelphia Eagles when he was still the head coach of the Colts. So... The point of being a consultant is Penn has put the paper. Marcus Brady was a consultant for the Eagles. No matter how many people say it, Vic Fangio was not an actual consultant for the Eagles. Now, he had, everybody has tremendous respect for Vic Fangio in this league. As we know, a third of the league, more than a third of the league, plays his defensive scheme. Um, would be a home run hire. 
I don't I don't know. I think Nick Sirianni's loyal to his guys. I think he would rather promote uh Denard Wilson. But if they hire Big Fangio, it would be a home run hire. They don't have to change the scheme. It's his scheme. Um, he's the best defensive mind out there. Um, so I would say home run hire if they right, were able but, to get uh, Let me just put this in the mix. Nick, uh, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, and the Eagles' power that be above him had strong opinions on his coaching staff, right? And when he uh, made known some of the ways that he wanted his coaching staff to be formed or changed, it did not go well. And I would say contributed mightily to his being fired here in Philadelphia. You think that Sirianni could get to a point this year? Because you got to win a Super Bowl, right? That he can go, no, I I want this guy. We're hiring this guy. We're elevating this guy for my staff. Sorry, no Vic Fangio. You don't think he'd actually go there, do you? That hey, that is where it all started. That's when I talk about sense of urgency. These are the kind of things that happen, Jody. If Nick Sirianni says, "You know what? I'm comfortable with Tenard," uh, and the Eagles say, hey, "You know what, Nick? Um, you fix more accomplished. Fix fix the guy. This is his scheme." Little thing like that, little ripple like that, can start to develop a divide where you had a Super Bowl winning coach, you know, hopefully the Eagles get it done this year, but you had a, a accomplished Super Bowl winning coach who stood up for his guys and said, you know what? And there's the rift. Uh, I'm just saying sense of urgency. That's why I asked the question. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. All right. So you're talking to the coordinators this afternoon. Then you're back here talking to me tomorrow. That is correct. Uh, Day to day, as I always say, but hopefully. More than Patrick Mahomes, uh, not four to six weeks, day to day. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, back here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.